Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. We are live from New York City as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. At this hour, without a doubt, 2018 was a difficult year for real estate. High inventory, rising interest rates, and stock market volatility were the main culprits for the slowdown. And how can we forget the tax reform bill disaster? I stated in December of 2018, as the year ended, that it was my personal worst year on record. And I ended my comments with, bye, Felicia. See ya, gotta go. 2019, however, is likely to be a much better year. I'm already seeing uh, the results of that. Also at this hour, okay, so Hudson Yards had its debut to the broker community two weeks ago, and ever since then it has become a giant tourism attraction. What is the attraction here, and for how long will it last? Is it the vessel? Who cares? Really? We're going to talk about that. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I'm Vince Rocco, and you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate. We have a lot to get to this morning, so let's get at it. To pie at a or not to pie at a Right now, there are a few different answers floating around Albany. Last Tuesday, Governor Andrew Cuomo said that the proposal to tax secondary homes was not dead, but he acknowledged that the legislature is considering alternatives, including a transfer tax. Some people believe we can do it at, with a real estate transfer tax, and that would be better, he told WNYC. Obviously, if there's a way to do it, that's fine, but we're committed to doing something, and as of now, we're on the pied tax. A heftier transfer tax might mollify some of the real estate industry's opposition since it would be the uh, one-time cost added to the sale of certain properties rather than an annual payment as proposed under the pied tax law. The resulting revenue is expected to go toward the MTA, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority, though some have voiced concern that the money might just end up in the state's general fund. And that's my belief. Enough with this MTA, you know, added money between the taxi cabs, between pay-to-tier tax. I mean, it's ridiculous. And nothing gets fixed at the MTA. But here's the good news. As of yesterday, and thanks to the real estate industry leaders, this is uh, this much-discussed tax never made it to the final revenue bill, and it is now dead. The Pieter-Terre tax is dead. Woo! There will be no. increases, however, to transfer taxes and, more seriously, to mansion tax, and we'll get to that in a minute. That, according to Diane Ramirez, our CEO, uh, in an email late last night as I was getting ready to go to sleep. At least I had some good news. Anyway, according to the Olshan report, the last week in March ends with 21 contracts signed in Manhattan at $4 million and above. Condos outsold co-ops 15 to 2, and four townhouses were in the mix. The average asking price of a signed contract in the first quarter was $8,802,000, the highest average asking price of any quarter since 2005. That was surprising. When they started keeping track, the Olshan report, that is. In addition, the 516 average days on the market is the longest seen in any quarter, Fewer contracts signed 19% below 2018, and longer days on the market most likely uh, correlate to changes in the tax law combined with pervasive overpricing. Tin Pen Alley. How many of you know Tin Pen Alley? The name given to a humble stretch of West 28th Street where American popular music was born could finally become a New York City landmark. Last week, the city's 
Landmark Preservation Commission officially state, uh, started the process of reviewing five buildings on that Manhattan Street to determine whether their exteriors should be protected from future development. The harsh sound of piano keys is what gave the area its moniker, Tin Pan Alley. The name went on to really represent the music industry through the 20th century, the same way Hollywood represents the film industry. Downtown Manhattan has its new tech hub after two of the largest companies in the world, Google and Disney ABC Inc. deals recently to set up new corporate headquarters in West Soho. The area has quickly become one of the most exciting neighborhoods to live, work, and play in New York City. But we said during uh, the green room chat, the Lower East Side is better, right? I would agree. Anyway, Google confirmed in December they would increase their New York City presence, investing over $1 billion in capital to establish a new campus dubbed Google Hudson Square. Google's taking over the world, guys. The news came just months after Disney ABC announced it would be moving its New York City headquarters to the neighborhood, further proving that West Soho is the new downtown destination and home for the best of New York City's creative talent. The area and all of Manhattan's West Side waterfront, including the soon-to-open or actually just-open Hudson Yards, is currently in the midst of one of the city's biggest development booms. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to miss ABC headquarters in the uh, West 60s, where I know it since I'm a little kid and where I interviewed right out of college. That's going to be a, a, a ghost town. I can't get over it. And finally, just about a month after he uh, got engaged in a helicopter on Valentine's Day, the pop music superstar Katie, uh, to Katy Perry, Orlando Bloom has not, I didn't even know that, that's amazing, has not uh, too surprisingly put his ultra-modern Beverly Hills, California bachelor pad up for sale for $8.99 million. Seems like a bargain for New York City prices. The Lord of the Rings and Pirates of the Caribbean franchise hunk who has maintained a fairly low professional profile the last couple of years, but will co-star opposite Cara Delevingne in Amazon Video's web series Carnival Row, purchased the minimalist residence in the trendy and super spendy Truesdale Estates, great area, not quite two years ago for seven million dollars it's unknown what he what they will be doing next i didn't know that they they were even dating let alone got engaged in a helicopter <laughs> in a helicopter. Well, well everybody well, yeah, yeah it's hollywood they Just have to be going dramatic. on they <laughs> have to yeah, be dramatic it's hollywood. Hollywood. But yeah but i didn't even that. know that they were dating it's it's kind of unbelievable you don't know them <laughs> move fast well <laughs> orlando bloom is a good actor i mean and i love Katy perry but it's just like questionable you know, at best <laughs> questionable at best all right i'm trying to find something on my phone no, I here because that. i want to go over okay so the Pied-a-Terre tax is dead for now. So in the meantime, they've raised mansion taxes. We all know what mansion tax was. Up until last night, it was 1% of the purchase price of any sale price. Okay, Now, from $1 million to $2 million, it's 1%. $2 million to $3 million, it's 1.25%. $3 million to $5 million, it's 1.5%. Uh, 5 million to 10 million, 2.25%. 10 million to 15 million, 3.25%. 15 million to 20 million, 3.5, I'm sorry, 20 million to 25 million, 3.75, and $25 million or more, 3.9% as a tax. Uh, that's what I saw on here, but it could possibly be that. Uh, transfer taxes are being increased. I don't have those percentage, percentages handy, but on the commercial side and on family, uh, one to three family homes. I mean, listen, we were carrying on about the Pied-a-Terre tax. That was, a, that was a bad enough. Mansion tax at that low rate of, of purchase price, you know, here in the city, anything under $5 million is considered not so expensive anymore. That's going to really impact closings and buyers 
wanting to or not wanting to purchase. That's a huge they're, tax. They're so sick of, of hearing us complain about 1% mansion tax to a million dollars. It doesn't make any sense. So they're, they're shutting us up. Well, it would, make, it would make more it's sense. It's like an attack. It's an attack on the real estate industry. Well, it would make more sense if they redefined mansion, right? And said, okay, $5 million and up starting at 1%. That might be more. Well, first of all, mansion. What I mean, they're, they're never going to. They, right, what is a mansion not, anymore? They're not going to take that tax away. studios for a studio's a million dollars. I get it. You know? Well, just change the name at least. Let's be I real. have a studio for a million dollars on the east side. It's kind of yeah. like what? <laughs> mansion, is this a right? proposal mansion. or is this is this passed act? This already happened. July first, July first, it goes into effect. Uh, yes. You're kidding. Passed yesterday. Passed yesterday. I'll send you the email from Dan Ramirez. Yeah. Passed yesterday. Effective July first, uh, it goes into effect. But no contract signed will be affected prior to April first. So anything from April first, which was yesterday, forward. You oh, well, have. hold on to your horses, realtors. So just hold really on to your horses. Slip that, <laughs> slip that in there, huh? Look, I wow. mean, you know, we're wow. in a city where taxes are everything. And, you know, I did not like the proposed pied-a-terre tax. I don't know that I love, I don't like this at all, actually, the, the mansion tax. We complain about 1%, you know, for all these these purchase prices, but... I, th- I think it's I think it's going to really affect the two to five million because it's gonna, it's a it's it a larger percentage is. on those than if you're at twenty million three and a half percent it's a lot but it's not as much of an impact as someone who's looking especially in the two to four which is your two bedrooms and three bedrooms. In I Manhattan. think it's going to be kind of the sweet but, spot now, and it's just going to lower their, their potentially catastrophic. And I'll tell you what, we're waiting for the new condo development marketplace to really kick in or come back. From where it's been, I think that's going to be a market that's going to hurt the most because prices and new developments uh, sales are always higher. And can you imagine going as an on-site salesperson, going to your developer and saying, well, now you got to pay 2.5% transfer tax. They, I mean, a mansion tax, they didn't want to pay 1%. Well, it's also an ugly reminder of the state and local tax um, deduction. Because Correct. you're reminded Solves. again, it's like, okay, I'm looking at my expenses. Oh, right. this, is, this 10% cap is one thing, and now I have this on top of it. Well, listen, you know, between the SALT deductions, the overall tax reform bill, and now, you know, all these local New York City taxes, I'm beginning to wonder, you know, you, you know, I said what, last week or the week before, I, sometimes I feel like I live on Mars. And certainly people outside of this town who wonder what I do and when I explain to them what I do, they really think we live on Mars. Where does this money come from? I well, mean, it doesn't exist anywhere else. And I think it goes back to where's the accountability from Albany on where this money's being spent because the real estate taxes are the number two revenue source for New York City and New York State outside of income tax and bonuses. So this is what funds all of their money. So if they're not accounting for it, why? where's it going? And, and we have a Democratic-led uh, uh, Albany, so I can only just imagine he needs to go on vacation for a little bit, come back, clear his head, and start again. So, so I, I ain't impressed lately. I, I just want to say, it seems counterintuitive, especially with the fact that there are so many New Yorkers, and all of us know these New Yorkers are actually fleeing New York City. Right. And they're making their uh, pr- their right. primary residence in, in Florida right. and different absolutely. areas. Absolutely. Um, so this is another reason for for, for that. And you know what, that. Jay, you're absolutely correct. And they and the 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 local legislators or the leaders of of our state here understand that and see that they're not foolish people. They 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 get what people are doing, but yet they're still looking to impose <clears throat> these increased taxes. And again, I you know not to be funny, but I I just don't really understand where the money comes from. Or why anybody would want to, and this is our bread and butter, guys. And, so and, why they would want to pay these taxes? I mean, they're one-time hits. Yes. 
However, they're big hits when you add it to an overall closing uh, state. The psychological barrier of spending 1% on one, $1 million has just increased tremendously to every price point. Absolutely. Right? Every price point. That's correct. Every and, price. and I think it's like you can look at examples of London where they passed stamp taxes on things that were more than £2 million. And that impacted the luxury market. So and it trickles over the pond, as they the say. The only counterpoint I will say is that the MTA is falling apart. I mean, I'm, I just can't get over how bad the tr- public transportation is. But you see the last, work being done in there. I mean, it's I, not, I it's not the best, but I think they're... I, mean, I don't know. All right, you know what? Hold on. We got it. We got a 30-second break. <laughs> let, let, let's let's hold that. I want to pick that up on the other side of the break because I have comments about that, too. We got to leave it there. Take a break. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are coming right back. Don't go away. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Everybody, we are back We're here with Jay Overby from Halstead, Niall Lundgren from Compass. Bill Horgan is back with us, freelyandleasebreak.com. Jordan Shea, Douglas Elliman, Anna Shagaloff from Halstead, and Tony Sargent is joining us today from Compass. Welcome again. Nice to see you. All right, Phil, I, I, I <clears throat> cut you off earlier. I want you to just make your comments about the MTA. It is broken. We all understand it's broken. We've identified it as being broken. 
what gives? Well, I was just going to make the point that, so I, I feel like it's falling apart, the MTA, the infrastructure, and obviously... That, by that, the way, for those you don't know, the subways and the buses and right. the infrastructure here in New York City. And obviously, if that continues to happen, less people are going to want to live here. So there's kind of this, <clears throat> you know, you have to make sure that the infrastructure, the infrastructure works so you get people to live here. The question, as we were talked about, is, okay, so can we make sure this money actually feeds to the MTA that we're raising in taxes, and... Why is nothing being done in the last? Like, where's the current money going? First of all, you know. Well, as Niall said a little while ago, um, you, we see them working. We see that there is is stuff happening. But you know, how quickly is it happening, and when is the end result? I mean, when does it finish? Is what everybody always asks, right? Who knows? When you have a city of how many are we now? Eight, nine million people using mass transportation every day. It's kind of hard to take trains out of service to fix tracks and trains and whatever else or build new. However, uh, there's got to be a way to get that stuff fixed. My only concern is I'm not so sure that the money they claim they allocate. Look at the look at the surcharge now yellow taxis are. The minute you get in the cab, it's $2.50 as always. Now it's another $4.30 going to the MTA subway fixes or whatever. So you're starting right there at $7 before you even move a minute, uh, move an inch past a red light. It's so, like, come on now. So I, I just want to say something. I mean, we do have probably one of the cheapest subway systems in the world in terms of what it costs someone to ride it. If you and go it to, looks it. If you, right, and that's partly why. I think this is where it goes back to the politicians not mm-hmm. wanting to not wanting to raise prices for the average person. So what they keep going back to is the is the wealthy in New York City, whether right. it's real estate taxes, whether it's taxis or somewhere else. Because if you go to London and you go, th- you go three zones, it's about $10 to go three zones. So because I think most of people that ride the subways coming into Manhattan are coming from outside and they're lower income or, or middle class income, they don't want to tax those by raising the MTA because they get it. If you raise it 30%, everyone gets mad. So it comes back to, it comes back to the wealthy in the city. Well, yeah, but they also they also did raise. I think I heard they were raising. It either just happened. Or, I mean, I'm a little out of it because I I don't use the trains on that <laughs> as all of you know. But I think they just recently raised the price of a of a of a. But it's it's nominal, ride, right? It's nominal, and you have okay. a huge system, and it's the same cost to go, no matter how far you go, compared to other systems where the more you go, the more you pay. Okay, talk about overcrowded situations. Let's talk about Hudson Yards. So it debuted to the broker community two weeks ago, and ever since it's become a giant tourist attraction. So I was there the night you know, the broker opened. I mean, I I had never seen so many brokers in my life in one spot. Everybody who you've ever known and said hello to in real estate was there. It was quite amazing. I mean, you know, it was an impressive event, quite frankly. I went back last week uh, just because I was meeting a friend and and doing a little shopping in the mall because uh, she hadn't seen the mall. And I'm like, okay, so what is going on here? I have never seen so many tourists in one spot (laughs) ever and cameras and looking up to the sky and this. I I mean, I'm like, okay, so was this built for this reason? Because when you look at some of the, the, the stores or the outlets inside this mall, I mean, they're very top of the line. Not that I'm saying tourists can't afford it, but they don't come to New York City to spend zillions of dollars in shopping. They come to have a good time and do a lot of other things. What's going on here? And 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 this vessel, everybody's ca- carrying on about this vessel. And if I, I see, see one more picture Instagram on the vessel. On Instagram about the vessel, <laughs> oh which Jordan reminded us last week is not even you know, allowed because they own the rights to that. It has to, to be a vessel. marketing tactic to it's say it's not, not allowed. It's not. It has to be. It's, it's a genius. It's a genius. No, no way to regulate no. that. Yeah, it's only regulated. For clarification, it is allowed. You just have ceded every right to that photo 
to the developer right. and to use however they want. But that might be the case for a you lot don't, of things, right? If I take a picture of, I don't know, the World Trade setting, Center. It's setting a really bad precedent to do that. It's smart. Regardless, then they can uh, use all of this in a montage. Well, it's not in just that a they can come seconds, back to yeah. you, you know, and say, "Take that picture down," or "You owe me money if you're using that." They can't do that, but they do have. When you go there, you sign saying that any pictures that you take are the property of the developer. That's really ongoing, and that's the life and that's related. <laughs> exactly. I think that's Same. a marking. I, I, first, I want to say I think there's the marketing. genius of yes. the vessel. Yeah. I cannot get over it from a marketing perspective. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The unbelievable. Geni- because first of all, I, so I bike along the West Side Highway bike path. Do you now? I do. Yeah, <laughs> and. Even, I mean, I, I'm I'm from here. I've been here 20 years, and I can't take my eye off that it's thing. It's beautiful, and the way it's they uncovered it because I I I've been going past there for for five years, and then all of a sudden, it, I guess they covered it in a really brilliant way to make its debut. All of a sudden, mm. everyone's talking about it. It's copper. everything else looks kind of to me like normal around it, but that just stands out. Yeah, and then this thing they're making you sign. Come on, that's a marketing test. The fact that you're talking about what you can't take pictures of it, what that's crazy. Yeah, it's, I think it's brilliant. It's a great, so we probably oh, have we probably have about one million pictures already, <laughs> and you can climb up it, right? I mean, yeah, on top well, of that, that, I'm not doing. It looks. Vince, so you didn't cool. get any pictures when you were there. I have plenty of pictures. I, I posted them. Oh, yeah, right, there you go. <laughs> Well, check out Vince on Instagram. <laughs> I'm not going to be climbing that vessel. <laughs> but Jay Overby will. So yeah. let's today. <laughs> but but let me. All right. So so with all of that said, I mean, what what is the attraction? I mean, the, bright and shiny and new, and there's been hype about it for so many years. And you can post on Instagram and get a lot of likes. No, that's what's going on, though. No. I mean, it totally is. I mean, everything is about Instagram today, right? So you go to any tourist spot, you go to Grand Canyon, Venice, everywhere. Everyone's no one. No one's looking at where I they mean, are. I've had people fly in from California just right. to go see the vessel. So I'm like, it's about being able to say you've been there. And I think as a developer, it's really smart. If you look at what Time Warner did to Columbus Circle, correct. which was also related, well, correct. And everyone also called that. Well, it's just a shopping mall, and here we are, 15 years later. It transformed the neighborhood and created the gateway to the. And I think, Tony, I think you're right. Time Warner was the closest. I, I think Time yeah. Warner Center started out yes, uh, that way, right. very touristy. I was living not too far from there when it first opened, and it I still thought, is. what on earth? Yeah. It's touristy, but it's not. Uh, you don't feel like you're in the middle of tons of tourists when you're there compared to when you go to Hudson Yards these days. But uh, but again, I I think it will. It probably I mean, will change. And I mm-hmm. think it's, it's if you look at Brookfield Place as an example, I mean, this, you had downtown in that area, but this brings people there and yeah. this puts it on the map through Instagram as yeah. one spot. Town I, listen, I'm bold. Well, that's why maybe Phil is right. Maybe it's a marketing ghost ghost because those photos Absolutely. on Instagram are all over the world. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm bullish. I think you guys are too in that area. I mean, it's going to be a destination for, for everybody. Oh, I mean, absolutely. you're going to have people that are going to look to have pied de there. You're going to yeah. look people having, uh, you know, Primary residence there to be able to walk within 15 blocks of work. Be able right. to afford it's got to look at what well, and, absolutely, and look at what it's top, done to the prices in the neighborhood. And I would say look at Hell's Kitchen and look at the upper 20s oh, Hell's because Kitchen's that's going to be you know yeah, this whole, the whole Penn Station area. You've got the yeah. Moynihan train station coming. Um, it, it that whole area is going to transform in the real estate. Right? And we haven't even gotten to the observation deck yet. So when that opens, that's going to be the next one. Yeah, I And you have a sexy MTA station. Yes. 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 I personally, I, I could never live there just because you know that you know how crowded it is now, and then once the observation deck comes, forget it. You're not going to be able to leave your front door. <laughs> no, you're not. And by the way, the seven train literally, literally stops you right at the mall. I mean, the the genius behind the plan Brilliant. over the years. 
Brilliant. Brilliant. All right, let's move on. Without a doubt, 2018 was a difficult year for real estate. High inventory, rising interest rates, the stock market were the main culprits. But, you know, the the fear of the tax reform bill, as everybody was hearing about it but didn't know how it was going to affect them personally, really took hold, I think, in slowing down the marketplace and stopping people from wanting to buy. Again, my my personal business really suffered in 2018. I didn't. I, I. I couldn't even imagine that. You know, I was a real estate agent. I mean, it was okay, but it was like whoa, horrible, horrendous. 2019, I see already, and that started in in December, is really, I believe, kicking in slowly. But I think it's going to do uh, much, much better than uh, it did last year. The economy is booming. The government shutdown, believe it or not, for 34 days, whatever it was is long over. The tax reform bill has been revealed. What does that mean? People now understand what that means to them personally. So good or bad, right or wrong, we may hate it. However, we all do our individual taxes at the end of the year and you see how it may have affected you or not. Mortgage rates are coming down again. So all of these things really give the buyers out there the right reasons to buy well, let me ask you about the sellers. Are they coming in line with where they need to be to attract even better or more buyers? I'm seeing sellers being starting to be unrealistic again. There's an uptick in the market, so therefore, let me price 200 grand over what I would have priced two months ago. And it's like it's a conversation that's so difficult to have because we're being so positive finally about the market that you know, and we haven't been in a year that they're oh my god. One of my sellers that that I'm thinking about right now is calling me in this moment. He hears he's, you on the radio. Me, hey. <laughs> he's going to lower his price. Sorry, can't answer the phone. Lower the price. But, I mean, the, 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 the insistence of these sellers of, well, there's an uptick, therefore I can make more money. That's not that, – they're missing the point that buyers are coming out of the woodwork finally. Inventory is opening up, so you have more competition as a seller. And – you might have an opportunity to sell at a better price if you're priced right and maybe a little bit quicker. The operative there is they're coming out more than they have been the last year because the prices have come down. Exactly. They want to turn around and start being the bonus season. New York City buyers, you know, they're as as patient as they've been, they also grow to be very impatient. And people just want to live their lives and they want to move on and they see the prices are low and they know that historically it doesn't stay that low for that long. And they're being smart and they're negotiating. But to, to be an unrealistic seller in this market is just doom. You know, as people here. say all the time, and I had this conversation with Steve yesterday, HPDM, you know, buyers in this town will sit it out for as long as they need to sit it out because of whatever the reasons are. Again, right, wrong, or indifferent. However, they have a threshold of patience. And after that threshold, they're like, you know what, guys? I don't care. I have to buy. I need to buy. I want to buy. Whatever. Their friends are starting to buy. Exactly. And they don't want well, to. Th- so there's I only think, so much. And I think you go back to the summer of 2009 when the market crashed. And you finally got to a point where market reports started saying you can get a 25% discount. And right. all of a sudden, between August of 2009 and December, everything flew off the shelves. I think a big difference in, a, in the conversation today, especially for downtown Manhattan, sellers is that what didn't exist in 2008 exists now, Brooklyn. And Brooklyn is, to me, the new downtown. For those people that were 28 to 30 that were buying $2 million properties or $1.5 million properties into that mid-2000s in Chelsea, a lot of them I see out in Brooklyn right now. Mm -hmm. And so it's a different dynamic. And to your point, 
I'm seeing the same resistance. I, w- I track reductions, especially in the two to four million mark. And last year, about every six weeks, a third of the market was dropping their prices 5%. And I'm not seeing that in the last four or five months. And so I think you've got buyers coming out and then sellers starting to be resistant because you get these new reports saying the mortgages, mortgage rates are down and it's all good. You've still got to be priced right to sell right now. All right. We're live from Last Off Productions. We're coming back after this break. This is Good Morning New York. Don't go away. I mean, I, I see... Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. The back and... um. I want to ask about the Manhattan rental vacancy rate in Q4-18. It was 1.53%. Okay. Where are we today, Phil? Do you know? <clears throat> if you remember a couple of months ago, we, uh, we, we, asked, we talked about the rental market, and I said, I have a feeling it's going to improve a little this year. And it seems like that's happening. Um, I, when the, when the, first of all, when the sales market's a little weak, you get those, those buyers to rent. So that's mm-hmm. helpful. Um, also, the incentives were at all-time highs uh, a few months ago, so that's I don't I don't think that's going to get any worse. Meaning those incentives are coming down a little bit. Well, I was going to say rental <clears throat> rates are right. still high, but concessions are there, but they're dropping. They're dropping, yeah, and uh, the market's tightening, especially in certain quarters. Um, and if a lot of people are staying where they are, you know, a lot of these people, if, if you're a renter and you're going to re-sign your lease again, a lot of landlords want to keep their renters. You're going to sign your lease. That means there's not as much inventory coming on the market. Right. So that also keeps a lid on things. So, you know, um, I, I think it's going to continue to do well. I don't think it's going to be extraordinary, but I think it'll continue to improve throughout the year. Uh, to the levels of maybe beating the sales market or kind of being neck and neck? Well, or it's hard just- to compare, but I, I do think that if you ask the average broker, I think over the next few months, they'll probably say like the rental market is quote unquote better than the sales market. That's well, my sense. But Well, it is. Yeah. And um, and I could tell you from lease breaks perspective, just the traffic, because I have a, a unique perspective. I got a lead from Freely yesterday, there, by the way. There you go. <laughs> um, awesome. Um, the traffic is, is really 
like un- unbelievable. So, I mean, I'm seeing like just yes. a rush. Like as soon as March hit, it was like, mm. boom. No, March know? was crazy. I'm sure if you guys had rentals, you probably saw a big uptick. You know? Yeah, correct. The jumping yeah. beans was jumping in March. Even our ratings in March were through the roof. So, I don't know. Something's happening in March. <laughs> well, so it's like, it could be the Mueller report. The lentils are popping out of the pot. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. You know, I, 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 I do want to make... Don't get me started. Not to be confused with the Hein report. I do want to make one quick point about that. I do think the fact that the Mueller report came out just took a big level of uncertainty certainty off the table mm-hmm. and some of those quote-unquote smart buyers smart renters whatever they're they're now who are worried about impeachment and about the president leaving office all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff mm-hmm. that kind of is off the table for now you know i um, don't think so well don't I, get me started but, yeah for now. But, but i'm just for now for now i mean that was a pr spin is taking it off for now and i think people are looking for good news and they want to get on, to your point, they want to get on with their lives, yes. you know, and I think this has just been preoccupying everyone's mind yes. under the surface. Whether you have money, you don't have money. I think there's been a lot of discord and unhappiness. Mm-hmm. I've seen people talking about it at all levels, and I mm-hmm. think it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on. Right. And I think people just want to move on with their well, lives. Well, I can say from Vince Rocco perspective, that madman has crashed in the New York City real estate market. Yeah, and we'll and we'll he, leave it at that. And he had so much to do with the real estate. I mean, it makes no sense. He built so much of the real estate market. Phony. I mean, ridiculous. Wait, can I can I ask Phil? Can I ask <laughs> Phil? Um, what what do you see happening with concessions? Coming off, the t- so so they're still there, definitely right. still there, but coming off like slowly coming. And, and landlords, as they realize that, oh, the traffic's there, they're taking off the concessions. We're also running into like the prime rental season too, right? Correct. And we're like yeah, a month or right. two away. That's right. Yeah. And the yeah. product, what, what the inventory is really tight back? right now. Yeah. Are, you, are you saying the 13-month leases pulling back well, or the, um, the I don't. I don't have all fees. the data on this, specific, but I, what I'll tell you this is like the ones where it's like three-month free, two-month free, three-month free plus OP, those ones are the, the most extreme versions are definitely dwindling down. Yeah. You still see OP, I'm still a, seeing I'm still seeing OPs. I mean, there's still OPs out yeah. there because uh, there's still a lot of inventory. There are. There are, but but. But, you know, things are changing, just like everything else. I mean, the, the, the OP world, ever since I'm in this business, comes and goes and comes and goes. In buildings, they come and go, come yeah. and go. So just in general, you could imagine. Um, the Q train, they say, has helped the Upper East Side rental market. True? Absolutely. No. Yes. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I am Access. such a Second Avenue train advocate. That train that I do train take, take because it's, <laughs> it's brand, brand new. <laughs> it's fast. Yeah, it gets me fast. from Union Square, where my office is. You guys know to one of my developments on 61st and Second. I mean, I walk two blocks from the train to my building, and I'm like Nirvana. And I left the Upper East Side. I owned a co-op and then a second co-op because years ago because I couldn't get anywhere quickly and I was working downtown and the six train, you know, six trains had to go by, seven trains had to go by before I can squeeze onto one. Ugh, That's mm-hmm. how bad it was back in those days. We're talking 20 years ago. I think not only has the rental market improved, but I know the building sales and new development where I'm selling, I would never have sold that building without that train. Never. And that speaks volume. So, you know, we go back to what we talked about before. Yes, please clean up the subway system, but not at our total expense. I mean, give me a it's break. funny because there are so many buyers that, I, that when the subway was being built, that I said, buy Second Avenue. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll come back to you tenfold. But the New York City skepticism yep. kept so you many never people know from biting the bullet. It's not really going to happen. happen. The 20-year like, project that was supposed to take four. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, it used but to be, it happened. It used to be a liability. 
It used to be a yeah, liability okay. and the whole everything that it did to Second Avenue oh. for so many years. Correct. But oh, it was terrible. But man, the hindsight of those people, they have to be kicking themselves. But that's that's be. the thing. Totally. It's like everybody resists all that construction. We say, why doesn't why are they not spending money on 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 construction? It's because everyone resists it's not in my backyard. But when it's actually done, it's amazing. amazing. Correct. Yeah. I think it's like taking it's a, 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 I it's call a, it it's evolution. A, it's like taking a four stop trip to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I mean, it's beautiful. And I, I and then to me, it just boggles my mind that you build the 7 train to Hudson Yards and you don't continue it down to 23rd Street. Yeah. That just, well, just stops. Yeah. Well, they were supposed to go to in the 40s, too, because I was selling yeah. at, uh, on 47th Street at those days. I think it was going to be 48th or 49th. And they were also supposed to go down to the 20s. That's supposedly in phase two, but never have they discussed phase two ever again. So yeah. phase one was 30, whatever street it is, that's it. And who knows? But at the end of the day, you know, uh, the Q train has revitalized the Upper East Side to the point where people now come uh, where they wouldn't even consider it before. Because train systems get people to and from work and all over the city. It's the fastest way to travel. Don't How many buyers say, this is, I need to be this proximity from this train Absolutely. when I buy an apartment? And I Absolutely. think that's something we have to also do acknowledge is that the city, compared to 1986 when I moved here, the subways are in great condition. And I got out to Park Slope from Union Square in four stops in 18 oh, minutes yeah. on the Q train recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To me, Park Slope Amazing. might as well have been all the way on the East no, End. Well, when yeah, I you know. first moved into the city, getting to Park Slope was like pack a picnic bag right. and you know, you're going to have... <laughs> No, true. And, super fast. And I put someone who was looking at Manhattan into Park Slope Absolutely. two weeks ago because of that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Local politics in Albany and rent, capping broker fees and security deposits. What's the latest on that? I haven't read anything about that since it, it was announced that they wanted to cap rental commissions to one month. Uh, any more news on that? I haven't heard that. I haven't heard anything. Since the last show, I've I've done everything. I've, I've called the Congress people. Um, I've also sent the emails. Yeah, um, their their office doesn't seem to know much. They keep saying <laughs> that's good. They keep saying that there's a there's a there's a housing crisis, um, and that's why they need to do it. And I'm like, what? Do you, do you have any idea what what you're talking about? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've been actually dialing them. I've called them a couple times, just talking to anybody I can. And I can't get through to the congressperson. There's always like a gatekeeper. It's not. It's not good that they don't know because they're they're passing these laws without really knowing sure. what actually is the reality. And I think that's the danger. Somebody is have. advocating for them. So you know, in all fairness to whomever the Congress people or the people who are you know talking to the Congress people, the lobbyist or whatever, you know, somebody's advocating for taking money out of our pockets as. Real estate agents and capping at one month. And the only um, uh, pushback I got, one, one I have a rental over in my condo building, and one guy said to me just recently, well, I understand you can't charge more than one month anymore. And I said, well, that's not law and that's not fact. And right? I, feel but like, I heard uh -huh. that just once. Phil, you know better than anybody, yeah. right? I mean, this, this is classic kind of it self-regulates itself. You talked about concessions, right? So there's yeah. an ebb and flow right. um, yeah. as far D as Supply that. and demand. Exactly. Right. Basic so economics. why touch that area? Does not make any sense to I me? have no idea. I actually think it's going to be shot down because I just think it, it's, it's, it makes no sense at all. It's not based on facts. It's not based on data. I mean, like you said, commissions have been coming down for the last 10 years on their the own. Consumer right? doesn't want to pay a commission. Yeah. So, you know. Right, so right. why would you restrict that even more? Plus, what about co-brokes? I don't think this even taking into account the concept right. of co-brokes. At the end of the day, at that. the end of the day, this is just about getting elected or re-elected. And it's about votes. This is pure politics, real estate brokers, the wealthy, the whole thing. is coming up. Yeah. This is going to be a all very this is interesting about. year across the board. It's, not it's just again about waiting about, options. you know, the bad rich person who's actually paying for a lot of Manhattan. Renting right. versus True. buying mindset. 
where are we with that? I mean, you know, we kind of went back and forth in, in 2018 because most people really didn't see the need to buy because they didn't trust the marketplace. So they either renewed their leases or went out and got new leases. Are we still seeing that today? Or are they kind of saying, well, maybe we're going to go buy again? And Because I have seen people, an uptick. I have a number of people breaking leases to buy. I have, Interesting. I have, I have friends that are currently renting, re-signing rentals, but looking to buy for investment in up-and-coming areas in Brooklyn. And I've seen, I'm seeing more buyers come out on all different price points. I mean, I, I just checked, for example, West Village, West Village one bedrooms. There was a, there was a 250% increase in signed contracts in March over February and January. So it's not much. It's seven versus two and zero, mm-hmm. but seven when you, when you've got 26 properties on the market in that price point in the West Village versus, you know, a year ago where you're seeing, you were seeing two or three max a year. A but, month. but I would argue and, that's a subset market um, that's somewhat protected in the West Village. Right. Versus, well, versus not necessarily others. because the prices the prices have so come down a hundred thousand dollars on that price, sure. you know, in that in the last three sure. years. So, but I think it's I think people are still they're exploring, and I think if the prices mm-hmm. aren't correct, they're going back to renting. And I think that's you're seeing a lot more people looking. The question is, are the sellers realistic? And if they're not, they'll go back to renting. So one of the things that I'm hearing from buyers that's still out there, and this is a great question for all of us, right? In this economic cycle, where are we? If you want to use the baseball me- metaphor, and we've been talking about this for a while, um, are we in the seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning? Uh, because eventually, there's going to need to be a shift. I know that things seem solid right now, so I have a lot of my folks that are just you know, sitting tight. Yes, there are people on the market, they're, they're, they're back out, they're, they're buying, they're taking advantage of interest rates. So that's the question I ask you guys. It'd be, uh, I'd love to hear, like, where do you think we are in this this one of the hard to predict until the game's over. But uh, understood. But this is one of the longest recoveries, right? Um, the longest. I've been hearing. I've been hearing since, you know, f- since three years. People saying we're in the seventh, we're in the eighth. I've heard people say three years ago we're in the ninth inning. Wait, is the premise of your make predictions? Is the premise of your question? Are you assuming the first inning was say 2010? Is that what you're saying? Like, are you saying the? No, I'm saying I'm saying the cycle. Is, if it's the ninth inning, the cycle's about over. This recovery cycle. I think we're starting and historically. I think we're historically in, I think eight. I would say eight. Right, so another year, year and a half, two well, years. I think it. Improving over the next really over the next year, well, improving consistently, the time, but I don't think I, we're going to finish until economists. Are you saying just curious? Are you saying specifically real estate? Or are you saying specifically? I'm, I'm talking about the economy. you know we're due at some point. No one wants to talk about it. We will have a recession, and I um, think it really it's doesn't. It's always we've always you know seen that. No yeah. one wants to talk about the reality of that um, uh, unless we're in a whole new paradigm, which we could be. You know, I we think could going be into 2020, we're going to have a lot of those issues. I agree with you, Jay. I can see that coming. And isn't really part of the paradigm the fact that we've had such low interest rates for 10 years or 12 years now? And I think that's part of the paradigm. You saw last mm-hmm. year when the interest mm-hmm. rates and mortgage rates went up. Everybody's crying, everyone screamed, and nobody. And look what happened. It's gone down. And that's what's actually driving, at least in our market, it's driving more activity. But I think that's one indicator. I think there are several other indicators out there that need to be really closely looked at. Yeah, interest rates always make, you know, right. uh, well, it's make free, it was free money because, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. Uh, well, uh, and the overall banking issues back in, in 2008 and nine is really what crashed the, the, the industry because anybody who could breathe and walk at the same time was given a loan, whether they can do it or not. So uh, that's, you know, that's whatever that is. All right, listen, I want to talk about LinkedIn. How many of you are LinkedIn members? Do you know why you should be? Because LinkedIn gives you the opportunity to connect with like-minded business professionals all around the world and gives you access to great stories and jobs 
that may be available to you. The PSA. Are we, are we all are we all LinkedIn people? Of course yes. we are. Yes. 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 Sure. yes. My network, my personal network, has grown significantly since I joined at the start of that application. Uh, and it's only increasing by the day, more so than anything else, more so than Instagram, okay? Give it a look and become a member. LinkedIn, everybody. And with that, we will be right back. This is a break. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters, performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. For our last segment, we've got Jay Overby from Halstead, Niall Lundgren from Compass, Phil Horrigan from Freely and LeaseBreak.com, Jordan Shea from Douglas Elliman, Anna Shagalaw from Halstead, and Tony Sargent from uh, Compass. All right, so Compound. Compound is a New York City-based technology and investment firm, uh, making, and they're making a bold prediction that the longest 
deepest downturn in the Manhattan condominium market is coming to an end. And the winter of 18 into 19, so ending like right now, they say is going to be the bottom of the market. So we were talking about this a few seconds ago. Bottom of the market, supposedly, according to Compound, happening right now. That is not to say that there won't be uh, continued opportunity. Developers are still struggling to unload uh, large inventories, and there are plenty of resale sellers who don't want to hear this, but the sentiment can change on a dime once all the anxiety ends. The anxiety meaning what we talked about at the beginning of the show, you know, all of the the angst over uh, the tax reform bill and, and lots of other things happening in 2018. So according to Compound, the end or the bottom of the market for condos was like now. End of the year into March. Here's one thing. There's a disconnect a little bit because compared to, look at what Jay said before, right? He's talking about this recovery we've had and we haven't had a recession yet, right? And we all know as real estate agents that last year was really tough. So this firm compound is predicting like the bottom of the market, yet we haven't had the recession yet, right? right? So that is the big question to me is if we do have a recession, what does that do to real estate? the real estate market, because we are likely to have a recession That's a very good over question. the next couple of years. And it is possible that if the inventory situation is amazing in New York City, an economic recession does not affect us as strongly as some other places, and maybe we'll be okay. But it also is possible that a recession can knock us down again. And I do think there are some, the smart buyers with quotes, the smart buyers, that is what they're concerned with. They know we haven't had that economic recession yet. Mm-hmm. And it's coming soon. What eighth, ninth inning here, right? When's it going to come? And what will that do to the New York City real estate market? All right. So let's 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 define for the listeners out there, the global listeners, more importantly, um, what we mean by recession. Okay. So recession in general, and then how it affects the real estate market, right? So the government or the nation, the United States, goes through a recession or, or the global, a set or global or a setback or a reset. Like I, I like to kind of think, what I mean, how does that really, really affect the local Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, New York City real estate market? I mean, is it a mind thing or does it become really a um, a financial thing? Well, if there's a true recession where there's less ec- economic activity, where companies aren't making money, where there's layoffs, where buyers have less buying power, then they buy less real estate, then it could be a problem. Already we're seeing that in a lot of the, uh, the center states where the automotive industry is. You know, a lot of them are still leaving despite claims of, you know, building it up or whatever. They're still leaving and they're still finding cheaper ways to manufacture cars, whether it's robotics or moving to foreign countries. So that's already beginning. Do you think that's the start of a recession? I think it depends on where, I mean, if we're speaking about the Manhattan market, um, we have a rise of city states, Manhattan being, New York being one of them. You have a rise of technology moving from San Francisco to, you know, what's happened in the last 15 years is you're having these city states become more and more powerful. So you have people coming to these city states, whether it's London, Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, um, Madrid, places like that. And so you're getting a hyper concentration of super creative and super industrial people. And then you're getting those places that were traditionally places of manufacturing and places of, 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 of um, you know, just productivity declining as people move away from those. So I think when you look at it, you can't just look at it as an overall thing. I think there are certain areas that are going to feel a recession and will continue to see a decline unless they reinvent. And I think what we're seeing in Manhattan is you are seeing a reinvention, but we're also 
in a market where from 2000 to 2010, you doubled your money on your real estate. Whereas if you look at 2010 to now, you maybe are up 10 or 20% on certain parts of, of the market. So we haven't, we've declined significantly. And I think that any impact globally is going to impact us locally. But I think you also can't just, I think it's, it's a, it's, we have to look much more at micro markets than just global markets. What is Brexit doing to the New York City economy? I don't really pay attention to anything else, but what is Brexit doing? I mean, they're having a wild time in, in London and in Great Britain over uh, this whole issue. What is that? What's happening? To me, we need to look at New York State needs to look at London as a cautionary tale because I think the whole Brexit discussions, the whole taxing of of high end properties, it killed their market and has impacted their market for the last seven years. And I think what happens is every time there's a change or uncertainty. You know, I always call it like you're in a plane and you're flying somewhere and you hit some turbulence. The pilot knows the plane's not going down. But what does everyone in the back of the plane do? They grip their seats. And if you're in finance or you're in the market, most people are are resistant to risk. So when you feel fear, you hold on to your pockets, you hold on to things and you put your money where it's going. So I would say the last on for dear life. Yes. And I would say when you looked at the stock market. All right. So moving on, one last topic. As a, This was funny when I was reading it. As a New York City resident wrote in Realtor.com, when she decided to move from the Burbs to New York City in her mid-20s, she tried to be realistic, realistic about what her new living quarters would be like. She didn't expect to live in a gorgeous loft like Samantha did on Sex and the City. She imagined something more like Rachel and Monica's place in Friends, which is more my place, and squeaking by with a sunny roommate or two. Instead, her apartment hunt felt more like Law and Order Special Victims Unit. <laughs> Living in New York City possesses a mystical appeal, but as someone who's seen, smelled, and survived living in apartments from the Upper West Side down to Wall Street, she says, I'm here to say that bright-eyed newbies are in for a huge shock once they get a taste of their real estate options in the real Apple. What can be so horrible about a search? It all comes down to price range. I mean, it seems like when you're saying law and order, but what can be horrible about a search? I mean, I think it could be any and all things, especially if you don't. Yeah, especially if you don't know the ins and outs of navigating the market or have a trusted advisor or broker that you're working with. Ah. It's very daunting. Uh, the amount of paperwork that you that is required is you know akin to his name uh, is now on the compass. Give him a call. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the truth. It's you work true. with a respectable. Look, Agent who's going to take you away from all those trouble spots, as Absolutely. we all know, correct? Exactly. I, I think actually it's it's easier. I mean, I look back, and maybe I'm one of the oldest on the panel here, but um, and no, I have a not. lot, and I have a lot of folks that um, come come out of my high school, or out of college, and are looking. Hey, how do I find places? They go through the same things that I went through, and I was like, I would be lucky enough to share a one bedroom with somebody and put up a wall. You know, I wasn't going exactly. to, and I wasn't paying broker fees. I was going to pay broker fee exactly. back then. Um, although there's a lot of value in doing that if you can if you can afford People it. People still ask about walls. But with you that, can use a broker with, and have with, a but, but the pay. difference, one of the big differences is is that it's so easy, thanks to people like Phil's uh, company, um, that you know, you just have so many more uh, sources to look at and navigate. I mean, you can give some somebody some guidance right away and look at two or three sites and at least they've had hot, legitimate leads right off the bat. I know with me, it was beating the street. It was knocking on doors back, back All in right. the day. Anyway, I hate to break it up, but that's our broadcast for this morning. Thank you for joining us as usual. Thank you, Jay. Thanks to my guests and the panel, as always. Shoot for the moon, everyone. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars, not the trees, Jordan. <laughs> and the only person you should try to be better than is the person you were yesterday. Be kind to one another. And for all of us at Voice America all around the world, 
We thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 